All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the contributors and not necessarily those of either Beyond Radio or of Morecambe Football Club. This podcast has reached tens of thousands of people so far this season. If your business would like to reach those people in an extremely cost-effective way, you can drop me an email for more details to dave.salmon at beyondradio.co.uk. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... Way by Derrick, we're only as far as Stockton, and then Wilding just battling for it, does really, really well to get it to Ryan McLaughlin, but his first time right-footed cross is a bit heavy, it's going to be picked up all the way over on that left-hand side by Greg Lee, jinking his way towards the byline, oh, does that. really well in front of the scoreboard, Greg Lee, loads oh, of go on. Yes, come on! And who else but Cole Stockton applying the finishing touch, and that is a dream start for the Shrimps. We have taken the lead inside the first 10 minutes here at the Mazuma. Great ball out from Wilded to the right-hand side. Ryan McLaughlin's first time cross was well overhit, but Bradley on the left kept the ball alive, skinned his man, got to the byline. Low cross wasn't cleared, and there's Cole goal to back his 19th of the campaign. And after seven minutes, it's Morgan one. Wigan Athletic nil. A great start from Morecambe, wasn't it? We've had the chances so far. Excellent from Gregory on that far side, wasn't it? Picks up the pass that's overhit from Ryan McLaughlin. He twists, he turns, he bamboozles the Wigan player, sends the ball in, they don't deal with it. And Cole Stockton are at hand to send the ball crashing into the back of the net. And it's Morecambe 1, Wigan nil. What a start from Stephen Robinson's men. And it was one of those goals. I just had a quick glance down at the bench when that goal went in, Matt. And usually, Stephen Robinson is the epitome of calm when a goal goes in. But even he going at just a little fist bump, a little punch at the air, because he just knows how important that goal could be in the 17th minute. We can have a corner. It's swung in, right-footed. It's a real deep one. Oh, was that over the line? It wasn't. I'm not sure how that stayed out, but we'll certainly take that as it bounced off the bar, the post, a combination of people on the line, the goalkeeper, eventually we get it away. Wigan nearly score direct from a corner, but we get lucky. Ball on the edge of the box, Callum Lang with it, right footed. Oh, what a save! It's a fantastic save, low down to his right-hand side by Trevor Carson. Callum Lang bursting into the box and we know what he can do. Pull the trigger with his right foot on the edge of the area and at full stretch, low down, Trevor Carson tips it around the post. And that, Matt, is exactly why we've brought him into the football club, isn't it? To make saves like that. Here come Wigan. With Tom Naylor midway inside his own half and then Powers is going to slow the ball down just uh, on halfway looking for options. He's going to try and fit it into the face of Callum Lang over on the right-hand side. The Wigan man tries to get to the byline. Oh, that should have been 1-1. It was a free header, three yards out, and the Wigan man's put it over the bar. Into the final 60 seconds then before the referee allows the place to have a a well-deserved cup of tea and a slice of orange. But here comes Wigan Athletic down the right-hand side. He's got a bit of room to get across in now. It's going to be 1-1. It is 1-1. We switched off in just the second. And that was all it took, really. And the ball's in the back of the net. And you can hear what that means to 1,700 Wigan Athletic fans away to our right-hand side here at the Mazuma Stadium. It was just a slipper. We've defended so well this first half. 
and once the ball had fell in the box, he wasn't going to miss, was he? It's more than one Wigan Athletic one That's right on the stroke of half time. That's an absolute sucker punch. Talk about a totally against the run of play for this first half, but ultimately you've got to stay switched on for the entire game and just switched off there. Unfortunately, we've been incredible this first half, but. We, Wigan, you know, they'll punish you when they get the opportunity and they've done just that just before the half-time break. Worst possible time to concede, isn't it? And a man of Will Kane's calibre was not going to miss. He had all the time in the world, he got the ball under his spell. Nothing Trevor Carson was going to do about that and he just slotted it home for his 13th goal of the campaign. Right on the half-time whistle, Morecambe won, Wigan Athletic won. It's going to fall for Diagaraga on halfway into the path of Shane McLaughlin. And, oh, that's a lovely curl in oh! Cole Stockton. I thought that was his, was his 20th goal of the season there. Ben Amos grasping at fresh air. Keeper beaten and it's back off the post. Cricket's going to be whipped in right footed into the oh, near post. What? Is it in? No, I can't believe that that's not gone in. Oh. How has that stayed out? I can't believe it. Morecambe have got lucky for a second time there. Free kick taken. I think Wigan fans, Wigan players, thought the ball across the line, back off the bar, on the line, and out it goes again. We just need to get our foot on the ball here because Wigan are just sending it back and back time after time after time. Callum Lang again over on this right-hand side. He's got room to chip a ball towards the right post. Will Keane's up on the header there. Oh, turning up in the back of the net. Took a deflection off the back of a Morecambe player. And Wigan Athletic have turned things around here with 18 minutes to go. They were knocking on the door for several minutes before scoring that goal. And Callum Lang had all the time in the world over on the right-hand side just to dig the ball towards the back post. Wilkie nods it towards goal. It flicked off a Morecambe defender over Carson into the back of the net to make it on 73 minutes. Morecambe one, Wigan Athletic two. Just talking about luck, Dave, how unlucky that that does deflect. I think off the head of Ryan McLaughlin, it just loops over Trevor Carson. Nothing the goalkeeper can do about that. Just very, very unlucky. We have played so well. Morecambe fans listening to this on Beyond Radio, we have played really, really we well tonight. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio. It's very hard for me to be critical of the players tonight. You know, we went toe to toe against you know one of the best teams in the league. Well, you know, the finances and the quality in the squad that they've got. Um, the goal is a foul, and it's a blatant penalty. James McLean, it's a handball. He miskicks the ball. It's a handball. You know, it's simple. I'd love to hear the referee's explanation for that. No doubt we'll get another apology. That'll be our fourth of the season. But, you know, it changes the game. It's a penalty. It's a foul for the second goal. Uh, it comes off the back of Ryan's head as well, so it's an OG. Um, so things have gone against us again. You know, Cole hits the, the crossbar when, you know, it inches the other side, changes the game again. But, as I say, it's hard to be critical. Uh, we conceded a goal at a poor time at the end of the first half. We dominated the first half. You know, they came out, as we expected, with a team in their calibre and put us under a little bit of pressure. But, you know, we weathered that and decisions have gone against us so I'd love to hear the explanations You had the best possible start didn't you Cole Stockton scoring after just 8 minutes Yeah and we deserved to as well you know we, we dominated the game we passed the ball we landed on second balls you know, we showed real drive and energy continued on our last few performances but um, I never come out and make excuses I always hold my hands up I think the players deserve better decision making than that tonight you talked about the penalty, it was late on in the game. Were your players a bit too nice? Because nobody really appealed for it maybe as much as 
as you, as the fans behind the goal, the fans to every one of them got up and wanted a penalty. It was that blatant. I don't really do. You need to appeal for it. You know, that's it. it was a blatant penalty. Um, look again, like the first goals per per goal to concede at a really poor time when we were dominating the game and you get in and regroup at half time. The second goal was a foul. So like, as I say, it's very very difficult for me to be critical. There were some magnificent performances out there. You know, Trevor Carson distribution made a brilliant save against Jacob Badu, excellent against tonight with Ant O'Connor. Um, you know, was at Tombs midfield, some really, really good performances, cold scores again. So we just have to keep believing in what we're doing, can control other decisions, can control other results. We just gotta keep doing what we're doing and we, you know, there's no point in us going long ball. We haven't got anybody that wins any headers up front, so we have to believe in what we're doing and keep passing the ball and hopefully add a couple more people to that that squad. You mentioned their first goal. First half injury time, it was an awful time to concede, wasn't it? He looked so tight and compact until that moment. Yeah, listen, it was a combination of decisions down the, the left-hand side. We made two poor decisions. Um, people made decisions in the box that perhaps, you know, in hindsight, shouldn't have done. But we were in control of the, the ball with a minute left and we, we tried delivering the ball into the box. So, game management, we were in control of it. Like, you know, we can control that and we didn't control that well enough. Greg Lee provided the effort for the first goal. He didn't look too happy about coming off. Yeah, listen, Greg's one of those boys who wants to stay on through everything, but he hobbled about for four or five minutes and he wanted to continue on. But, you know, his runner was going off and he accepted that at the end, you know. So you have to make a decision to put Gibble on and Gibble done well when he came on. You know, he, he drove with the ball. Obviously, we don't want to take Greg off and we, we hope he'll be fit for Saturday. More than 5,000 here tonight. Terrific crowd. And again, they clapped you off, but it's turning those performances and effort into wins, isn't it now? Yeah, listen, it's... It's difficult. You're coming up against the calibre. You know, you look what they bring on. You look what they've got on the pitch. You look what they've signed in McGuinness and Graham Shinney. Um, it, it's a different level, and we're trying to compete with that and stay with that. And you know, it's it's difficult, but you know, there's a lot of positives in that performance. There's been a lot of positives in the the Wimbledon performance, and I think if people can see the effort and and the desire and the quality that we're trying to play with, then we'll stick with the players. Cole Stockton scored one tonight. He really looks back to his fantastic self. Should have had another, just came off the post, so unlucky. But he was tremendous, wasn't he? Yeah, he's a threat. You know, all night he's a threat. He's inches away from an absolute screamer again. He does what he does in the box and, you know, he leads the line well. Um, I thought Arthur as well, at times on a real tricky, tricky, tricky surface. We're trying to play football on a, on a surface that, you know, maybe doesn't do it justice at times. But, um, yeah, look, there was a performance, 11 really, really good performance, 12 really, really good performances when Gibble come on as well. So I can't be critical of him. As I say, the second goal was a foul. If we'd have come out of here with a draw against a team of that calibre, everyone would have been happy. But we have to pick ourselves up and go again. There's you know, there's no point feeling sorry for ourselves. We have to go again. We can't control, as I say, decision-making or other teams. We have to control what we do in our reaction. Have you seen the referee yet or will you see him after the game, you think? Well, what's the point? What's the point? He's made the decision, an honest decision, you know, and I'm sure they'll be big enough to, to hold their hands up that it could have been a, a penalty and it you know, could have been a disallowed goal. But people make mistakes, people are human. One new signing in the ranks today on, on the bench in Fane, the midfielder. Any more, do you think, before Saturday? Yeah, we were hoping to have another one, um, two potentially. You know, I want to add to the forward line. I want to add some more pace up front. We, you know, we, we're desperately short of forward options when you look around on the bench. And we've got um, defensive options to come on, but you know, we're desperately short outside of ways at the moment. We, we really haven't got another attacking option, but hopefully Courtney and, and John within the next week will add to them options and we, we want to add one more to that as well. Yeah, John Bick just come back into it again, but now is he injured again? Yeah, he's, he tweaked his, his hamstring on and coming back and sometimes this happens when you've been out for a long period of time and you know he, he just got up and running with a goal. So it reduces our options. You know, we're asking Cole and Jonah you know, to, to keep going and Arthur. But um, yeah, hopefully they'll give us options in the coming week. 
Well, Stephen, thanks as always. Cheers, thank you. Movement elsewhere in the squad, Stephen. Um, Callum Jones back at Hull. Yeah, um, Hull called Callum back, so he's a young, young player with a big future, and you know they obviously see that, and you know I'm sure he'll go on to bigger and better things, and hopefully we've helped him on his way. Does that free up? A, I suppose it frees up another another loan option for us. Should we wish to do that? Yeah, it does because we had five, so it, it gives me an option. Um, as I say, I think I need, need one more defender. Um, Allo, Anthony, and and Jacob, and, and the whole back four, Greg and and Brian. Look, they've got a really good partnership. But we need, we need more cover and we definitely need something else at the top end of the pitch. We need more pace up front to run in behind as well. And that could be done by the weekend, you say? It's not quite as easy as that. You know, attracting players here with, with low wages isn't quite as easy as it sounds. You have to bring in what's better or different than what you've got. Um, you know, we brought Osman Fanny in. He's he's not tombs on the eye. He's not he's not silky. Breaks play up as games and periods and games where we'll bring him on to shore things up. But, you know, we, we're trying, we're trying very hard to change it. But overall, Stephen, finally, it's that heart and determination. Second half at Doncaster, Tottenham, Saturday, tonight as well. That must give us some belief that we can go forward now. Yeah, it has to. You know, I, I, we can't be critical of the performance. The, the result's not what we want. You know, we're all very disappointed with it. But, you know, the performances that are over the last four games, the reaction to Doncaster, as you say, the, you know, the reaction tonight, they're going one all right in the, the edge of half time. You know, they're a very good side. We're playing against top class sides and, you know, we're, we're doing it and on a shoestring. We're doing it with, without any facilities and we're just trying to do our best with that. And I've got a good group of boys that want to do it. They make mistakes, but I think fans can see that, that they're trying ever so hard and we'll get better and better. I wish this was the start of the season now with the squad I've got now. Always appreciate your time, Stephen. Thank okay, you. Cheers. cheers. Well, Trevor, 2 on home defeat to Wigan tonight. Uh, a team at the top of the table, but uh, you certainly gave it your all, didn't you? Yeah, you know, obviously, I think we went toe-to-toe for most of the game and it's obviously frustrating taking the lead and coming out in the wrong end of the result but you know we're at the stage of the season now where you know performances aren't aren't enough but you know there's plenty of positives to take and uh, you know I think they'll, they'll finish first or second you know my honest opinion so you know we're more than matched them at times so you know you can't go back so we we'll have to take the positives in this Saturday and hopefully we can turn these performances into you know results The turning point of the game perhaps seems to be them scoring in first half injury time to bring it back to one all. And it was obviously a poor time to concede and such a poor goal as well, you know. Um, but I don't think you know we regrouped at half time and I think obviously disappointed, but we come out, you know, just reset and come out and try and you know go and win the game. But you know I think they had a bit more possession second half than the first half. But personally, I felt quite comfortable. You, you, you had a chance on the free kick, but we had one or two opportunities ourselves to take the lead and. Uh, it was just one of them nights, you know, their winner, you could say it was a foul, watch the back, the lads have watched the back, you know, there's two hands on him, he pushes him and just I think when you're down the bottom these little things go against you and uh but you can't feel sorry for yourself and uh you know we have to pick ourselves up and go again. And you've got another big game coming up Saturday as well, Wickham Wonders. Yeah, massive game. You know, going into these two games I think as a team, you know, if you can take one one win out of these two games, you come away and you're probably quite satisfied so obviously that puts a lot of pressure on us and to go and get the three points on Saturday and I think everyone watching the game you know we've got more than enough to match these teams and you know one or two things that's football it's fine lines and tonight we were in the wrong end of the you know small margins decisions and you know Cole hitting the post you know and another day maybe that goes to the other side of the post but as I say we're confident we're disappointed obviously but we'll come back in Thursday go again it's your third game for the club tonight. How have you settled in? 
Yeah, it's been sort of seamless for me. It's uh, you know the lads have welcomed me great, and you know obviously it's been a mixed bag of results, and you know but personally I haven't had a good run of games in a long time, so you know I'm finding my feet as well, and you know I feel I'll get better and better with every game, so you know hopefully that'll help the boys, and you know it's an easy grip to settle into. They're all down to earth lads, and you know hard working, honest boys, so you know it's been quite easy, yeah. And you're certainly up for the fight, like everyone else. Oh, massively. Every one of us, you know, it's... But no one wants a relegation or CV. You know, I've unfortunately had it before and it's horrible. It sticks with you for all your career. And But we've got more than enough here. And, you know, it's obviously... What is there, 20-odd games left? It's time to start, you know, turning these performances into three points. And But there's definitely a belief in that dressing room. You know, I certainly haven't down tools or give up. There's plenty of games to play and plenty of points to play for. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. And here this Tuesday night at the Mazuma Stadium, it's finished Morecambe 1, Wigan Athletic 2. And as the uh, title of this podcast uh, suggests, uh, Matt Smith alongside myself, Dave Salmon, I am utterly ticked off by this result. See what I did there? It's it's about as good as it's going to get, unfortunately, tonight. But so good for so long, Matt. And it's such a disappointing end result. Yeah, I'm gutted for the lads, uh, the gaffer and everyone to, to come away from tonight's performance with nothing. Um, put in real shift again, you know. Um, I think that's, what, the fourth on the bounce now after the Doncaster, Tottenham and obviously FC Wimbledon game. Um, so, yeah, really, really disappointing to come away from nothing. I'm gutted for them. Um, but that's just that's just how ruthless this, this league is. And also a team like Wigan with the quality and, and obviously financial backing that they have. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the biggest positive to say is that obviously the confidence we can take from today's performance, take that into uh, obviously the, the, the game on Saturday at home to Wickham, which is another massive game. We said on commentary, didn't we, about the tempo, the high press, not giving Wigan a moment's peace. Our shape was great. And I suppose it always helps when you take the lead very early as well. Yeah, of course. Um, we started the game, even before we scored, we started the game really well. We were really positive, um, defending well, getting into dangerous positions. Um, I think we had the first shot of the game through Arthur Nahua, um, so it was a good way to start the game. Obviously, the goal followed quite soon after. And then for the rest of the first half, up until their goal in, what, the 46th minute, I thought we were absolutely tremendous. Yeah. Um, to a man, I thought everyone put in a real solid shift. Uh, and then, like you say, just... A, a, a very disappointing time to concede, unfortunately. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think every Morecambe player tonight deserves something from the game. On small margins, games can turn, can't they? And I think we said that for both sides during the uh, during the commentary tonight. They were unlucky. They they hit the bar or post direct from a corner in the first half. Hit the post and it comes down back back out and again in the second half. So I suppose they would argue that they could have had another couple of goals, but. We've looked at both of the Wigan goals back um, and you could argue there's a foul on both of them. Certainly the second one, it's a two-handed push in the Morecambe defender's back. There's no question about that. Very unlucky the way it bounces off the back of the McLaughlin's head and loops over the keeper, of course. But those are the margins that go against you when things aren't going your way. And we should have had a penalty as well. Yeah, definitely. We, we've seen the replay, didn't we? And we said on comms, you've seen them them given all the time. Um, his hand or his arm, rather, was in an unnatural position. Yeah, it bounces, bounces up and hits him. He's inside the box. So it's a definite penalty in my eyes. Um, and as well for the foul. Um, it's not something I've seen live, to be honest with you. Um, 
but seeing it back, it's, it's quite clear, isn't it? Yeah. Two hands in the back. If that's not a foul, especially in the position that they that, that they're in to, to go and score from, they've clearly taken advantage from from from, uh, from doing the foul. So yeah, it's it's, it's disappointing. It's massively disappointing. Um, and when you argue that we we deserve something from the game, the fact that we've got nothing on the back of some pretty questionable decisions, yeah, absolutely, it, it makes it probably even more. Uh, more disappointing. We just heard Stephen Robinson there before we actually started recording. Uh, well, he was uh, he was saying words which uh, we, we couldn't possibly broadcast on on the radio or, or, or on any podcast uh, with a, a number of decisions, and, and quite rightly so as well, because that's not the first time this season where we've been on the wrong end of, as Robbo said, an honest call. But when you look back at the replay, the wrong call and. It's those fine margins which they do need to start going for us, I suppose, don't they? Yeah, it just probably compounds the disappointment and and uh, and hurt, I suppose, when decisions that do decide the game are questionable decisions. Um, like the gaffer said, first and foremost, honest decisions. You know, obviously, Gozziot saying that uh, the referees will, will always go out on a game and do their best, give what they feel is the right decision at the time. There's no no question about that at all. But seeing them back. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a yeah. kick in the stomach, isn't it? it? Um, because you never know. Um, they they obviously don't get the equaliser. Can we hold on, get the win? Um, do we, we we get the penalty? It could be a totally different outcome altogether. So yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one to take. And while on the subject of fine margins, if Cole's curling effort is three inches further in, it goes in off the post. We are two on up at that point. And you never know what might happen with 25 minutes of the game to go. But again, those are the. It's just the wrong side of the rub of the green that's not quite going for us. Yeah, I mean, well, what saw, a shot it was, by the way. It was an incredible shot. Yeah, really, really good strike from Cole. Um, on another day, could it easily bounce off the other side of the post and nestle in the back of the net? Yeah. And, and we've seen how Wigan responded to going a goal down. You know, they they weren't playing the best. You know, we were putting them under pressure. They weren't really coping with it. So we scored the goal to go two and up with what 20 minutes to go then it could be very similar to what we're seeing in, in the first half in terms of them going behind so yeah it's I mean it's over now we can't uh, we can't dwell on it too much but like I say the key is that there's plenty of positives in my opinion to take from tonight's performance I think that's it Matt isn't it going forward into the Wickham Wanderers game on Saturday we have to take the positivity of the second half against Doncaster scoring at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the FA Cup and giving them a real run for their money as well. Gritty, determined, battling points against AC Wimbledon on Saturday. And despite the result tonight, the overall performance, the shape was good, the intensity was good, the high press was good, the fast pace was everything, so much good about it, apart from the result and those little bits of luck that when we are down at the bottom need to go our way. That's what's going to give us the more fight going forward hopefully yeah and so it should like we say that the I said on comms the performances that we've seen recently are, are similar to the ones that we've seen at the start of the season um, you know, every lad doing absolutely everything they can and, and like we said already they, they were tremendous tonight and if you can't take confidence from that going into big games then what can you take confidence from so yeah as disappointing as it is to, to take nothing away from, from obviously the, the game tonight then if nothing else take confidence because what we've seen in the past four games it's more than enough to maintain your league one status 
And finally, Matt, we're going to hear from Phil Catchpole, the Wickham Wanderers BBC commentator, in just a moment. But uh, we remember back to Adams Park a few short months ago. The weather was horrendous. Terrible journey down. But what a game of football it was. And obviously, on just on the wrong side of it again with that 4-3 defeat. But uh, we gave them a real scare. But now another massive game on, on, on Saturday where we, we've got to lift ourselves again. Yeah, I mean, if it's half as entertaining as the reverse fixture was, then it'll be uh, another cracker, I'm absolutely sure of that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the crowd were, were tremendous tonight. They'll help towards a, another hopefully exciting game. Um, the performance, like we've already touched on tonight, that will point towards a, another confident, positive performance. Um, and this time, like we say, hopefully we can be on the... Uh, the, the, the better end of the scoreline. I mean, I'd, I'd take a 1-0. I'd take a 1-0 every day of the week. Never I'll take mind a boring 1-0, <laughs> no shots, in off somebody's backside, and, and that'll do me absolutely fine, get the points in the bag. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, yeah, we, we kind of won one, I, th- I think. Um, hopefully, we can, like we say, hopefully we can take the, uh, the three points um, because we're coming away from tonight with nothing hopefully we can make up for that because like we've already said we, we deserved something at least tonight so. but we've got to very finally Matt we've got to stop it's all well and good and we, we hear it week after week after week don't we we both hear it from, from the visiting press opposition media they say the same things about us you're a good side aren't you when you, when you, you, knock, you knock it around really well and uh, oh, I can't quite understand why you're towards the bottom end of the table and we make a lot of friends and that's all fine, but that doesn't translate into points, and that's what's got to change. Yeah, of course it has. Um, I think Trevor and I think the gaffer touched on it. Um, you know, performances all well and good, but they won't yeah. win your matches, unfortunately. And and it's harsh because if we base it on performances, then we'd, we'd have a lot more points. Yeah, we're mid table at least. Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but as we all know, that's not the way it goes. So hopefully. Because the bottom line is the, the lads deserve points on the board based on the performances, but it's just about finding out how to take the, the performances and go one step further, uh, sorry, one step further and secure, obviously, more points on the board. Let's go and get warm, Matt, and we'll speak again on Saturday. Thank you very much. Matt, thanks very much indeed, as ever. We'll talk to you again on Saturday afternoon back at the Mazuma for the build-up and full-match commentary of Morecambe against Wickham Wanderers. In League One from 2.45 on FM, DAB Plus Digital Radio, on Beyond and of course on iFollow Shrimps as well. Let's look ahead to the weekend then right now. Another massive game in the battle to stay in League One for Stephen Robinson's men. I've been talking to Phil Catchpole. Phil is the Wickham Wanderers commentator for BBC Three Counties Radio. He's also recently become part of the media team at Adams Park. You'll find out more about that role in just a few moments' time. But Phil's been following Wickham for many, many years and the ideal person to get the full lowdown on the chair boys ahead of their trip to the Mazuma this Saturday. So, Phil, welcome back to the Shrimps Verdict podcast. Before we begin, it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, your new role within Wickham Wanderers. Um, head of audio and, and broadcast. Tell us all about that. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a new position which I'm very chuffed to have been offered. I mean, I have been working at BBC Three Counties as a reporter on Wickham Wanderers and doing all the commentaries, which also went on the clubs I follow um, channel. Um, Wickham, like a few other clubs in League One and, and in the Championship, are starting up their own platform, um, and they want to, um, you know, they want not only to cover the games, but they want more sort of video content and stuff during the week and. And just a lot more content. And uh, our American chairman, Rob Kuhig, uh, also wants to grow the overseas fan base as well. So um, 
so yeah, sort of been brought in to um, to work alongside the, the head of media, Matt, uh, work, working to Matt and uh, and uh, grow the fan base and um, and get some more video and audio content out there. And, and my podcast will become an official club podcast as well now. So, and I suppose from a fan's point of view, Phil, that that's where the whole media side of football clubs is going, isn't it? It is that interactive, on demand content. Football clubs become their own media outlet don't they so to speak in terms of what they produce themselves rather than relying on other media to put the content out for them yeah exactly that um you know you'll know better than anyone else as well that, that there's some great stories within clubs that sometimes get overlooked by the mainstream media um and the fans of of, of their own club you know they may not necessarily be that interested in, in what's going on elsewhere they want to know a lot more about what's going on in their own clubs as well and and you know Fans have had issues with iFollow for years. It's got a lot better, but there's still a few problems with iFollow and um, and a bespoke platform. You know, it's going to be a lot of work. I'm looking forward to it, but um, yeah, it's going to be. Um, hopefully, the fans will will appreciate um, some more bespoke content about Wickham Wanderers, and, and and I'm sure other clubs will follow in the future. So, is that Wickham pulling away from iFollow? Are you going to get create sort of Chairboys TV? How's it going to work? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a bespoke Wickham platform. Uh, Plymouth Argyle has done it recently in League One, as of Charlton as well. And see, yeah, a lot of the clubs in the Championship have Blackpool, gone down that Blackpool, route. Blackpool, all this end, yeah. And it also means that the, the website as well, because there's an EFL sort of template website, which about um, two-thirds to three-quarters of the clubs in the EFL use that as well, which um, can sometimes be a bit restrictive. Um, so it'll be a, its own web platform too, so... Um, and Wickham, with our American chairman, are looking to go down this sort of subscriber route and, and give you sort of a, a one login if you want to buy a ticket, if you want to buy a shirt, if you yeah. want to, you know, book a parking space in our famous car park, or if you want to buy a burger, uh, then it's all done on this one this one login. So um, we'll see how it all works. We're not losing you from uh, commentary, though, are we, Phil? No, no, commentary is very much, um, the, you know, the, the bread and butter of oh, what as well and uh, along with all the other stuff but um yeah commentaries where you know how um how i came into all of this so very much going to be doing the, the match day commentaries home and away as well and, and looking forward to it so let's look back at our game at adams park it seems a heck of a long time ago Philip, isn't it? a few a few short months ago really but uh, a topsy-turvy afternoon to, to say the least from my point of view you might slightly disagree i suppose but from my point of view, we battered you for the first half, deservedly two goals up at half time, and then I don't know what happened or what Gareth Ainsworth said at half time, but we just absolutely fell to pieces and uh, probably still still should have got away with a draw, but ended up shooting ourselves in the foot in the ninety fifth minute. Uh, it was it was quite some game, wasn't it? It was an amazing game, and I completely agree with what you said. I mean, Morecambe should have been out of sight by half time, and, and maybe live to regret only being two 0 up at that point. Um, you know, you can take solace in the fact that you're not the only club to lose points in injury time at, um, at Adams Park. Um, apart from the Oxford game at the weekend, the two games before that, Wickham had not only gone behind in injury time, but found equalisers as well. So, you know, they're the famous late, late, late show at Adams Park. Um, so, yeah, to take comfort in the fact that Morecambe aren't the only club to throw something away in the late stages. But it was a brilliant, brilliant game. And I think Morecambe won themselves a lot of friends that day because you came and had a real go at Adams Park. And our home record's been really good at tail end of the championship in League One. And I think a lot of people admired Morecambe for, for having the um, 
having a go at Wickham Wanderers, and although you, you do have a really good record against us there, so it looked like history was going to repeat yeah. itself. Unfortunately, though, from our point of view, Phil, making friends, playing well, being attractive on the eye, it doesn't get your points and it doesn't keep you in League One, does it, unfortunately? So we've had to adapt, we've had to change our approach slightly, I suppose, as the weeks of the season have gone by. But we have shown that we can that, that we can pull off good results. And, and certainly if we can put performance together for 90 minutes, we know that we can get a result. But f- from your point of view, Phil, I suppose you can't do much better than at this stage of the season being top of the table. Yeah, and you know, to echo your sentiment, everyone hates Wickham and they hate them because they're successful. I remember when Wickham were down at the bottom of the league, everyone was like, oh yeah, Wickham's a great place to go. It's a really nice club, you know, only because the results were good. But then now we're doing well and we're beating teams. It's like, oh, Wickham are a horrible, nasty little club. And that's how it goes. So, you know, but like you say, the friends don't put the points on the board. But yeah, we're really pleased with where we're at at this stage of the season. Obviously, there's teams with games in hand beneath us. Um, but Saturday was really big psychologically because Sunderland, um, you know, against 10 men at Quinton Stanley, lost a 1-0 lead and then Rotherham to lose away at Fleetwood. Um, everything fell for Wickham that day. Um, Wigan, I think, at last count, have got about five or six games in hand and an FA Cup game to come. So all Wickham can do is keep getting the points on the board and, and you know, worry about everyone else a bit later down the line. But... I'd rather have the points on the board at the moment because we just don't know what's going on, do we, with fixtures being postponed. And I'm not sure what Morecambe's run has been like, but Wickham had an 18-day spell without a game um, over the Christmas period. And that really cost them away at Ipswich. But, yeah, you can't really sort of predict what's going to happen. So getting the points on the board whilst you can is really worth doing. I'm definitely in, in, in with you on that one, Phil. Points on the board all day long rather than games in hand. In terms of the top of the table, then it looks as if it's going to be, well, let's call it a five-horse race for those two automatic promotion spots. Wickham, Sunderland, Rotherham, Wigan, and I suppose MK Dons are coming up on the rails as well. It's going to be tight, isn't it, in the closing months of the season? Yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous league this this um, this season, um, especially in the promotion sense, because whatever happens, there's going to be... You know, a couple of really big clubs who are going to be very upset to be in League One again next season um, because it's just not possible to get everyone up. You know, just two automatics and a and a playoff lottery. There's going to be big clubs out there who are going to be really upset, um, and hopefully, Wickham can can make it three or four big clubs that are going to be upset by sneaking one of those places themselves. So, um, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, there's a long way to go yet, and there's a lot of variables outside of the game that may have an impact as well. Um, but, uh, you know, Wickham were just being steady. It's the best squad they've ever had. Yeah. Um, Sam Bokes had uh, a positive test on Friday ahead of the Oxford game. And I think about a year ago, that would have been really bad news if a, a player of his calibre had had to drop out. But, you know, they just rejigged the pack a little bit and, and the quality was there against Oxford. So um, Wickham fans are still getting used to that sort of depth of quality. And as you've alluded to there, Phil, we've had uh, some good battles uh, between the two sides over the years and hopefully another one this weekend. I really hope so. Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've had some great games down the years, haven't we? And, you know, I remember like Kevin Ellison being a, a key feature in a lot of those. Um, and, you know, we, we, I think we go back to, to non-league days as well. So there's some real history there involving Christie Park and, and the Globe Arena as well. And, 
think I remember Gareth Fain's was scoring an absolute rocket up at, um, yep. at your place yep. um, a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, we're looking forward to coming up. You know, it's uh, once you've got over the motorway part of it, it's, it's a great day out. We love coming to the Globe. So, um, but yeah, we know it will be tricky. I've not checked the weather forecast yet, but I'm fearing the worst. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right to do that, actually, in Morecambe in the, at the end of January. It's going to be cold. It's probably going to be windy. And if the last, what, seven or eight home games are anything to go by, it'll definitely be raining as well. So uh, it's not going to be pleasant. But uh, certainly from our point of view, I think we are expecting a really tough test. We've, we, we've got a few big fixtures coming up. We're speaking now, Phil, on, on Monday evening before we play Wigan. So people listening to this now will be listening to this after we've played Wigan, one of those games in hand that you alluded to yourselves on Saturday. Then we've got Accrington. Then we've got a couple of clubs in the relegation mixing and around us. Then we've got a couple of big fixtures, Sheffield Wednesday coming up, Portsmouth coming up, Oxford coming up. So uh, we have got some enormous fixtures coming up. From what you saw back at Adams Park, Phil, and from what else you've seen in League One, teams that Wickham have played around the around the bottom end of the table, do you think we have enough to stay up? I think you do because you've got goals in your team. Um, I think, you know, you're a little naive tactically, certainly in the early parts of the season. Um, but if you rein in, if you rein that in a bit, then the goals will sort of dry up a little bit as well and things become a bit tighter. Um, but you have to back a team that can score goals. Um, uh, you know, after there's going to be teams down there that are going to struggle at both ends of the pitch. And at least you've got one end sorted out. Um, and it's about finding the balance as well. And, if you can keep cold stops and ticking, um, then you'll have every chance of staying up. I mean, it's the trapdoor's big in this division. The, the bottom four, it, it just becomes a little bit more daunting. But um, I think you'll be all right. So in terms of your style of play, teams, formations and everything, for those who weren't at Adams Park, tell us everything we need to know about Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham Wanderers. Well, you know, there's there's the two stories of Wickham Wanderers. There's the reputation of the long ball team and, uh, and getting the ball in the box and, uh, and set pieces, uh, and etc. And that's only really partially true. Um, Wickham plays some really good stuff. Gareth McCleary, Anis Flametti, um, you'll struggle to find two better technically gifted players in this division than those two. Uh, uh, both at the different ends of their career. Uh, young Anis is just 21 and uh, and Gareth is mid-30s, but you'd be mistaken for thinking he was in his mid-20s the way that he's uh, moving about the pitch and, yeah. and doing things this year. Um, when they're on the pitch together and they're ticking, then um, I, I haven't seen a League One defence that's been able to live with them. So be fearful of that. Um, if Sam Vokes is back, we very much hope that he is, then he's the figurehead. Although Brandon Handlon of late has really, really hit some, some a rich vein of form and is getting the goals that his performances have deserved. He just works tirelessly. And I, it's the sort of player that you would absolutely hate to defend against because um, he just keeps running. He's really strong. And yeah, the goals are starting to come now. So, um, so yeah, so style of play. Um, yeah, don't expect the long ball because it, you'll be disappointed if, if you are. Although you won't be disappointed uh, with the set pieces because they all go in the box, really. Uh, although we have taken a few short corners and short free kicks, which have shocked nearly everybody associated with the club. Um, but yeah, we still rely on set pieces. Um, our first goal against Oxford was a second phase from a corner. Um, so yeah, they're still really, really important. Uh, and defensively, Wickham have done really well as well. David Stockdale has been fantastic this season. Um, in goal, a real leader as well back there. Anthony Stewart is, I think, probably one of the best defenders in the division. 
And Ryan Tafazoli is a real Rolls Royce of a defender and looks unflustered. And although he's had a bit of a back injury of late, so uh, he was doing a lot of stretches during the game on Saturday. So he'll be an injury gap, perhaps. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going well so far. And another team that plays a back three. We seem to be coming up against a lot of clubs that play three at the back this season. I think that that's a trait of League One, certainly in what we've seen so far. Yeah, I think, you know, football's quite trendy, isn't it? When one team starts doing it, I think we could all probably trace this back to Chris Watt doing it, um, you know, for Sheffield United. And with great success as well, you know, everyone kept talking about the overlapping centre-backs, which I don't know about you, but I had to go and look that up the first time I heard it. And then uh, then it became very successful. But it's certainly something that Wickham have employed to to great effect because uh, the wing-backs in Jordan Abita and Jason McCarthy and and latterly Jack, Jack Grimmer, have been really vital to the, to the system um, and, you know, defensively solid, but also can really get forward and, and add some danger, especially from the left-hand side. Although Jack Grimmer scored an absolute belter at Bolton the other week. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, three at the back, I think, utilises the players that Wickham have at their disposal really, really well. And in the midfield, in Josh Gowan and Curtis Thompson, they're just real Trojans. They work so hard and just allow possibly Wickham just to squeeze an extra attacking player in and they've been finding space from Ameti and McCleary, uh, like I mentioned earlier. And if they're on song, then you're going to struggle. We have got a new goalkeeper though, Trevor Carson, vastly experienced. He's definitely shored things up at the back. We've got a young loney defender, Jason uh, Jacob Bado from, from Burnley. He looks quality as well. Hopefully one more through the door, at least before Saturday. So we, we, we can combat it. Well, I'm, I'm not sure we, we may be able to do that, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm certainly excited about the game. I want to ask you, Phil, actually, uh, just away from uh, matters on the field between between our two teams. I've been asking everybody this who's come on the podcast over the last few weeks, the COVID situation. It seems to be getting a little bit better. There weren't too many games postponed, certainly not in League One or League Two last weekend. But it, it seems that some clubs, certainly higher up the pyramid perhaps, have been well, let's say pushing the envelope of the rules uh, to the very limit. Premier League size getting games called off and they've got one positive case and loads of injuries. That doesn't seem particularly fair. What are your thoughts on it? It it seems to me as if the rules need to be a bit tighter, perhaps. Yeah, and, you know, it goes back to the the issues that the the authorities have had, both the EFL and, and the Premier League in this, is that they've not really experienced this before. Um, and which doesn't help us in the current situation, but I'm hoping that they're learning from what's going on and putting into place, um, you know, some restrictions and some guidelines and some laws here that will be observed. I mean, the the Premier League thing I I find particularly galling because these teams have all got under 23 teams, you know, and, and, and youth squads and things like that, and you know, Marcelo Bielsa for Leeds actually hit the nail on the head. You know, they, they, they beaten West Ham, which obviously put him in a good mood. But I think the average age of his bench was 17 years old. Um, and he was like, look, you know, this is why these players are here. Because if we need them, they're there to that. And it's great experience for them. Um, so I think teams should be should be made to play. Obviously, when it, when he dropped down the leagues, you know, the likes of Wickham and Morecambe probably haven't got these youth systems that can supply the bodies to fill the bench on a, on a, on a Saturday. Um, but also the timing of this as well, um, late December, huge amounts of um, postponements and, our, and Gareth Ainsworth did allude to this with tongue in cheek without mentioning any names, saying uh, there were rumours going around that, that some clubs were sort of hanging out for the January transfer window and thinking if we can get, get a few games called off 
before then and then reinforce the squad, um, then then they could possibly try and do that. Um, I'm not accusing anyone of doing that, but I'm just sort of putting <laughs> two and two together here and thinking, well, it could kind of make sense. The fixture backlog is obviously the other side of the coin on it. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I, I kind of have sympathy with the EFL and the Premier League because it's not something that they've um, ever had to experience in recent times. Although, you know, the pandemic has been going on for a wearily long amount of time now and they perhaps should have seen this coming, but, um, but they haven't and it is what it is. Um, hopefully, it won't impact the season as bad as it did two years ago because if Wickham were to get promoted again and the season wasn't finished, I don't think social media can handle the amount of <laughs> Somebody said to me, Phil, actually, uh, that they could introduce a rule that if a, if a club has to postpone a game because of COVID reasons, they're not allowed to play any new signings in the rearranged fixture, they would be ineligible. And, and I think that that could, could carry some weight, I suppose, because I, I agree with you. I think there are, it would appear on certainly to an outsider that there are some clubs who were perhaps, well, let's say happy that games were, or, or a bit easier that games were called off, knowing that they were going to be strengthening in, in, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard, isn't it? Because I'm sure that you know at the moment they're not it's not breaking any any rules or laws, and, and to change this now, you know, at this stage would be really difficult. So I think it's one of these now where everyone's gonna have to suck this up and say, look, if this and God forbid it doesn't happen again, um, if this is to happen again, then we've got these rules and regulations in place. But when we were away at Bolton last Tuesday night, that game was called off from the 18th of December. Uh, they signed a striker from Axton Stanley, um, who played 60 minutes and, and looked pretty short of match fitness. They also had a, a guy on the right-hand side who started at right-back and then went into right wing and had a fantastic second half. And he wasn't a Bolton player the, um, for, the, for when the original fixture took place. It didn't matter Wickham were comfortable winners on the night, but you could see the potential of, of there being people saying, hold on a minute, if they'd have like, if that guy scored a hat-trick, for example, then, then people would have been scratching their head for it. But... Um, but yeah, it's. I wouldn't want to be the EFL, um, certainly not in this situation, or indeed any situation really, because they're always being shot at and it's difficult for them to, to, to be popular. But um, yeah, I can see where people are coming from, but hopefully the figures are moving in the right direction now. Like you said, the, the postponements are getting less um, um, frequent and hopefully the weather gets better and the cases continue to go down and we can just be talking about what hopefully will be a fantastic end to the season for both of our clubs. And casting no aspersions whatsoever, our only COVID postponement this season was also against Bolton Wanderers. So we'll leave that one there, I think, but you can make, draw your own conclusions perhaps. Uh, Phil, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Just very quickly before you go, give us a couple of predictions. Firstly, Saturday, I suppose you're going to say away win, of course you will. And are you going up? And are we staying up? Well, I'm definitely coming up to Morecambe and I'm very much looking forward to it. And I'm really hoping that the pies are still as good as they always they were. Are, they are sensational. Well, that 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 will, that will drive me up the M6 <laughs> on its own because the pies at Morecambe are absolutely fantastic and it's always a warm welcome. So I'll be looking forward to seeing yourself and Quiddy and everyone. Um, but I think Wickham, I have to predict a win. Um, but... It's, it's very much um, a win underlined with a huge amount of respect because we know it's never going to be easy against Morecambe. Um, 
But I think Wickham are on a good run at the moment. They've got some good momentum and, and a settled squad. And as it stands on the Monday, I don't think we've got any extra COVID, but it's a long way between now and then. But I know Wickham will want to get the game played, especially if they're travelling up there on the Friday because they won't want to be going up there too often um, if they're not going to get a game. So, yeah, I think Wickham will win it, but I think it'll be tough and I think it'll be close. And give us a plug, finally, the sales pitch. Phil, obviously, your new role starting this week, but uh, the Ringing the Blues podcast, I think we've spoken about it earlier in the season. It's a fantastic listen, regardless of who you support, because it's a bit different to just a bog-standard two blokes or three blokes talking about football. There's a heck of a lot more to it. Go and check it out. Where can we find it? Uh, yeah, just type Ringing the Blues in, into Google. It's on all the your usual pod outlets, uh, uh, Spotify, uh, Acast, uh, iTunes, etc. Uh, and yeah, thank you very much. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was going for when we started. It was this sort of like, well, we can do things a bit differently uh, in every aspect of, of the club. And I thought, well, it'd be remiss of the podcast not to be different as well. So um, um, yeah, we like to have a laugh. We like to cover the football, but we like to dig out the sort of the strange and the unusual and, and celebrate. Um, the uh, the fans and the people who've got stories to tell around our club and our division. So, um, so yeah, so very, I really much appreciate you saying that because um, that's kind of what we were going for. Go and check that out. Ringing the Blues. It's really, really good listen. Phil, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Appreciate your time. Safe travels up to uh, the Lancashire Riviera this weekend. Then we'll look forward to seeing you on the press deck at the Mazuma on Saturday. Yeah, make sure there's some pies left. There certainly <laughs> will be. Cheers, Phil. Thanks very much. That's Phil Catchpole, BBC Three Counties Radio Wickham Wanderers commentator and now also part of the Chairboys media team as well. Good luck in the new role. Phil will speak to you on the press deck, no doubt, ahead of the game on Saturday. And that's just about it for this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. We will be live at the Mazuma Stadium. Myself, Dave Salmon and Matt Smith from the Shrimps media team for the build-up and the whole of Morecambe versus Wickham Wanderers live in League One. We are on Beyond Radio, on FM and DAB Plus from 2.45pm across North Lancashire and South Cumbria and anywhere you like online via the iFollow Shrimps platform as well. Thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.